When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Friday Road Show here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, here till 6 here on Fridays. And uh, we welcome in Jacob Padilla with Hale Varsity and Herdat Sports. At Jacob Padilla underscore is where you find him. A whole lot going on when it comes to the world of high school and uh, Husker Hoops, Creighton Ball, and Nebraska football tomorrow. Oh, yes, volleyball. Jacob, a take from you, though. Harbaugh is the news of the day. Michigan feeling the effects of Commissioner Petiti, his first major act as commissioner, aside from uh, kind of securing and uh, making the ink dry with the TV revenue, is now to, uh, to slap Michigan and Harbaugh with a three-game suspension. What does that do for you, assuming Harbaugh doesn't get an injunction and isn't still on the sidelines tomorrow? I, the whole thing is so dumb. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really know. Like, like, why, why, why were they doing this? Like, why are you scouting? Competitive advantage. That, paranoia. Yeah, that, that, that have no chance of beating you. Like, it just, I, I don't know. It's, it's just so, this whole uh, situation is bizarre. Like, every, every little detail you learn about Connor Stallions and this whole enterprise, it's like, Really, like, wh- and now the the way that Michigan's fighting back, uh, throwing out, trying to win the PR battle with their legal statements and all this type of stuff, and they're threatening to take everybody to court and everything. It's like you you guys screwed up. Just like it, it's ridiculous. So I I don't I don't really care. I don't know what the proper punishment for something like this is because I don't know. We I don't think we've ever seen something quite like this before and obviously the the guy at the center of it is no longer part of the program so like you can't necessarily uh target him specifically obviously it has to impact like ultimately Jim Harbaugh is the one that is in charge of that program and everything that goes on in his program and so even if I mean the oh yeah he didn't know like it doesn't I don't really care if he knew or not obviously I think he knew because what how else were you using the information that this guy was gathering like he, they're really making secret calls, uh, his assistants uh, under Harbaugh's nose. Like I don't, the whole thing is just wild. And hopefully, I, I, I think I'm. I, I guess uh, if we find more kind of wacky details that uh, that that make it fun, cool, bring on more <laughs> of those. But in terms of this whole deal, and I'm kind of ready to to just move on from it and get back to football. Well, Jacob, you have some experience as a coach. So I want to get your thoughts. What's the most egregious way you've ever cheated on the basketball court? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no well, comment. It's, it's kind of hard to cheat from the sideline. Uh, like I. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hush. Uh, yeah, I, see, I, I'm a, at a low enough level that, yeah, I, I want to win, but there's nothing really that uh, – that's significant on the line for me, so it's more like just, hey, kids, go have fun. Uh, I never really felt the, uh, the, the 
I guess the only thing I've, I've had like kids sub for my uh, team that weren't necessarily on my team because we were shorthanded that I guess they weren't necessarily supposed to, but uh, they, they didn't tell us we couldn't until after the game. So uh, it's, we did ask and said, just go ahead. So. Now, Jacob, I'm going to pose a hypothetical to you from an old commercial, if you remember. What happens if end of the game, like say 30 seconds left, Oh no! ball gets uh, thrown out of bounds, and your player comes to the huddle and says, hey, coach, that one was off of me. Would you tell him to go tell that to the referee so the referee can make the correct call? See, so my question about that is... No. That, Do you remember like, the commercial, though? I, I remember the commercial, but the question is, does, does that even matter? Like, are the officials going, like... Can they change their call based on what they're told from anybody on the court? You know what I mean? Like, they they made their call based on what they see. You, like, you, uh, can you if they go to him? Like, really, are you going to reverse the call? Oh, because he said it. I don't even know if like that's like how that even works. So, the the, the fact that like yeah, great on that kid is good example of being honest or whatever. But um, yeah, the the whole thing, even from the idea to do it to Oh yeah, uh, we'll we'll flip the call here. The the whole premise is just ridiculous. Well, I'll, I'll just I would say, say as an umpire, I'll say as an umpire really fast. If a kid came up to me, I call him safe at second. He goes, you know what? I was out. I'd say you shut your mouth. <laughs> you take a laugh. Set a good son. example. Not what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying everybody complains about calls, and refs don't change their call based on somebody complaining. So what, exactly. why should it be the other way around? But uh, before we jump into more football stuff too, Jacob, just your Thoughts on Nebraska's first two games and then uh, a quick touch on the 18 threes that Creighton decided to make on Tuesday night. Yeah, for Nebraska, um, I think we're starting. Uh, th the first one was pretty pretty easy. Um, things look good. You had a lot of different guys playing well. Second one was a little bit more of a grinder. They didn't play nearly as well. Obviously, they still won by a lot. Um, but for A&M, it's a very bad team. Uh, as I see, as I saw watching them twice in the same week, I'm glad uh, I will not be watching <laughs> them anymore. Um, but I, I think we're starting to see the the impact of kind of the uh, the injuries and the guys being in and out. Like the the chemistry just doesn't seem totally there yet on offense. Um, it, it was just kind of a little little uh, disjointed, I, I think, in that second game, and it's understandable, especially you've got. Casey Tomonaga is going to be a huge part of what they do. And he hasn't been out there. He basically hasn't, he's barely been out, out there with his teammates uh, this entire time. He'd be going back to the summer because obviously he was back home training, um, working with his national team. Uh, during, it wasn't there during the overseas trip, uh, along with a few other guys that, that weren't there or weren't able to play. And so, like, they haven't really had the full picture of what it's going to look like and how, so it's hard to, like settle into roles and understand, all right, this is how it's going to work for me. This is where I'm going to get my shots because what they've done so far isn't what it's going to look like ideally once they move forward. So I think that's a little bit of what we saw in that second game, just guys trying to figure it out. Um, sounds like um, we could see both Casey Tomonaga and Juwan Gary back um, next week. They've got three games <laughs> next week, busy week coming up. Um, so it would be good to get as many uh, bodies back in the mix as possible. And the sooner you get those guys into the mix, then you can start seeing what it's supposed to look like. Uh, for Creighton, uh, that is exactly what it's supposed to look like. They're in a different <laughs> spot. They, they're, they hit the ground running this season. Um, and, I mean, you look at both Wayne State and uh, Florida A&M, kind of their game plan going in initially was, all right, we're going to 
give Kalkbrenner a lot of attention. We're going to take away that roll to the rim. And if you devote resources to doing that, then you're going to end up leaving guys open. And what we saw is the unselfishness, the ability to knock down shots, just the, the chemistry of like, all right, I know where my shooters are. We're getting them the ball. Skip passes, driving kicks, extra passes. Um, it, it was just humming at a high level. And that's they're, they're going to be an absolute nightmare to defend the season if they continue to shoot the way that they're capable of. Because they're basically, on every possession, they're going to leave you with only bad choices. Uh, unless you can just straight up guard everybody one-on-one. If you've got five all-world defenders um, that, that can really hold their own and nobody's going to get beat, you can get over screens. Which is nearly uh, impossible. Yeah, like people don't really have that. So that's that's the way this team was designed is, all right, we, we've got our roll threat. We've got our uh, screener. We've got our guys spacing the floor. We've got some really talented guards that, that know what to do with the, in the, uh, with the ball in their hands. And, and so you're going to have to uh, pick something to take away. And what you pick, take away, will beat you the other way. Jacob, real quick, a thought on Nebraska, Maryland tomorrow. What way you leaning? And uh, can Nebraska get bowl eligible? It's been a long time since uh, Nebraska fans have felt that joy. Yeah, obviously, uh, Maryland uh, was a lot more interesting early on than they have been recently. Hit some struggles, um, so I guess that, that gives you a little bit more hope. For, for Nebraska's sake, but uh, on the other side, you're still kind of worrying about the offense. And I, the the idea of going with Heinrich Harburg, even when kind of the turnover look ran out, was that, all right, he's young, and he'll learn, uh, learn on the job. He'll kind of figure out as he goes and hopefully improve. It doesn't seem like that's really happened, um, that, that we haven't really seen that growth. Uh, while at the same time, teams are starting to figure out what he has done well and take that away better. Um, and daring him to do things that he hasn't shown capable of doing just yet. So that's kind of where you're at in the season where you're like, oh, it's, you're kind of like you need something to start clicking a little bit more for him. And obviously all the pieces around him continue to make that difficult. Um, it's with all these conversations, it's not ever on one person. It's all of it together. Uh, multiple guys not getting their jo- the job done uh, on uh, a lot of plays. But um, I think, the defense will probably do their thing, try to give them uh, a chance to hang in there. But the offense is going to have to find something out, find a way to move the ball because, um, like, I don't know. We saw last week the defense saw it overall but had a few big breakdowns, and that was enough with no margin for error for them to lose the game. So can you expect the defense to be perfect again? Uh, can you expect the defense to do your scoring to, to give you short fields every time? That's asking a lot. So um, I, it's de- definitely a game that Nebraska can win, but they're going to have to play a lot better than they did last week in order to get it done. Jacob, uh, what game or two do you have circled tonight in the state playoffs? Semis are upon us. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think Class B in particular. I'm, I think I'm going to head down to Waverly. I have not nice. seen – Waverly play yet this season. I've seen Scott once. Um, I have seen all four of the Class A semifinalists, so uh, I figured I'd get down and check out that game. Um, so I, I think both those. I think what Bennington Elkhorn North was fourteen nothing the first time they played, but like um, that's for, for, for Bennington this year. Like I mean, uh, Elkhorn North was able to hold them at fourteen. You, you figure out a way to, to move the ball a little bit better, make that even more interesting. Um, meanwhile, that that Scott and Waverly, I think two two teams that are 
similar in a lot of ways, but different in others. Um, I, I think Waverly is a little bit more prone to, to air it out uh, with their quarterback, but quarterback can also gash you in the run game, and they've got three, four different guys that can carry the ball, just like Scott with their, their option offense, their, their fullback. They've got a couple running backs. Their quarterback um, can, can really hurt you on the ground. So they're going to be like eight different guys that will be carrying the ball uh, on any given possession there in that game. So I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. That's where I want to head down there. Class A, Elkhorn South uh, and, and Millard South. I was, at, I was there for the first one. Um, it was a really weird game. Obviously, Carson Ronner got knocked out mid-game there. There were some, some weird plays that put points on the board. Um, I think both teams uh, have gotten a lot better since then. The question is, Elkhorn South now with Madden Riggs kind of established at the quarterback there, can, can he do enough to, uh, against that, that defensive line? Um, he wasn't ready to play him the first time they, they played, and it, it, the Elkhorn South just could not move the ball. They're going to have to find a way to, to move the ball against that fierce defensive front, and it's going to have to be both run and pass, uh, I think. Um, Freddie Bousquet has had a great season. He did not play in that first game. That's going to make a difference. Um, but I think that one's going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Jacob Padilla, follow him at Jacob Padilla underscore Jacob. Thanks for the time, bud. Thanks for having me, guys.